Have you ever seen B- Beer Fest? I actually haven't seen Beer Fest. It's terrible. It's not fun. <laughs> I mean, it's like got some funny jokes, but it's got Will uh, Farrell. Nope, Friedel. Uh, uh, God damn it! Which Smith. Will is it? It's no. God, stop! It's the one from uh, Last Man on Earth. Oh, Will Forte. Will Forte. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, he is. He plays like this German lackey. Uh huh. So he's like he's just in the background in a couple scenes, but he he's particularly funny. So it's worth watching just to see him a couple times. <laughs> Watch this entire movie that apparently is not good. So you it's can not see, very good. So you can see Will Forte kind of in the background in some scenes. Here's what you can do. Here's what I've done for Beer Fest before. Is make it a drinking game. Okay. Which I guess that's Where, suiting for a movie about a beer fest. Yeah. Uh, so every time they say drink, drink, drunk, you take a drink. Okay. Every time they say beer, you take a drink. Okay. And every time they drink, you drink. That's pretty decent. I feel like though that'll be kind of a situation where you you you, you get mo- far more drunk than you uh, anticipated. Exceptionally, I've done it. I did it with some friends. Got extraordinarily drunk. I mean, we were drinking Utah beer, so it's low point. But and yeah. then uh, Utah beer, you might as, you might as well be drinking <clears throat> water. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh. Well, that still works. Uh, it just <laughs> takes a little bit more. Yeah. Anyway, we watched it. Then we played a game of a round of asshole. I got wait. And the, the drinking game asshole. What is that? It's a drinking game with you play with cards. Uh, I actually don't remember the exact way to play the game, but it, one person ends up being the asshole, and they have to like you, you like make a hat out of the beer box and put it on their head that says asshole on it, and then uh, <laughs> stupid. So <laughs> the point of the game is that someone wears a box. Well, the point of the game is to just have a drinking game where you just get drunker. Oh. So we did so. So we did that, and then we watched Beer Fest again and played the drinking game a second time. Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Dude. That was ha- hands down one of the drunkest days. Because we started at like 11 in the morning. Good God. We were just like, yeah, just just drunk all day long. It was pretty bad. That is like, that is just absolute buffoonery. And I can I can it, think of, I can think of a number of places where that is absolutely uh, not appropriate and not allowed. But there is one place that I can think of, that that is absolutely right in keeping with the uh, the laws of the land. Do you know where that is? It's the Savage Land. <laughs> Welcome back to the Savage Land. I'm Jason. I'm Matt. Hey Matt, uh, you know what this episode is brought to you on behalf of? I'm 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 gonna take a take a take a wild guess here. Okay, take take comic that wild bento. guess. Comic bento. Comic oh yeah, bento. it's comic bento. It's comicbento.com <laughs> okay. where you can get uh, get boxes of comics, and we'll talk about them later in the show. But first, Matt, we gotta we gotta you know take the little uh, rubber rubber clamps. And put them on around the the neck of this bottle and twist it because our hands are so slippery we can't uh, can't uncork the the ketchup on ourselves. I have never what I I don't know what you're. <laughs> you know those little like rubber things that you use to like to untwist a bottle when like a pickle jar or something like that when you can't get it on your on your own. No, feet? what no? are you talking about? Have no, you, I have no idea. What have you're... you never been able to not open a bottle or like a yeah a bottle or a jar? Um, you know it's like it's so tight that your hand just like can't grip it like a metal lid. I've got very, I've got very calloused hands, so I guess not. 
Okay, well, Matt's Mr. Tough Guy here. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> no, I've track. always used a if I ha- if I if I've always used like a just like a a kitchen towel. I, I guess. Used, I, I mean, that works. I didn't too. know there was some special rubber. Yeah, there's like a device. there's like a little thing. It's like a it's like a little like a, a clamp. Like it looks. I mean, it looks almost like scissors, except the apex is at the end of the what. <laughs> Specifically for people that can't get jars open and or bottles. Yeah, it's just covered in like little rubber uh, sleeves, and then you put it around the the jar and twist. Oh my god, that you know what that sounds like? That sounds like it creates a fulcrum because it, it's like a handle out, and so it makes it easier to turn, kind of like a wrench on a nut. I, I get it. It it, it sounds like. Uh, hmm. It it sounds like a made for TV thing where they had a bunch of people like trying to untwist jars and dropping them and looking befuddled into the camera and or like 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 <laughs> like trying to open like uh ketchup and having it squirt ketchup all over them yeah you know what i mean it's like, like before the, the, this product this was what you looked like you f- yeah fucking idiot yeah exactly <laughs> buy our product or you're gonna be a look just how a white disgusting... you are you can't deal with bottles <laughs> <laughs> you'll be a disgusting slob for the rest of your life and your kids won't respect you and they'll as soon as they're eighteen, they'll they'll leave from your house and forget you even exist. What? Yeah, and they'll start they'll star in Portos in, in L.A. and they'll. Matt, why are you talking about my life? I told you not to. <laughs> told you not to tell people about that on the show. Oh man, dude, what's uh, dear 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 Savage Land listeners? Look up uh, J Train on Pornhub. What? <laughs> I don't know. Isn't that your porn name, J Train? J Train. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! They've all found me out. Now my now my porn secret is out. Wouldn't that be crazy oh, though? They look it up and it is like some fucking skinny ginger dude. Like ruins <laughs> the rest of my career because there's someone on Pornhub that looks like me. I'm like, well, I guess I'm in porn now. Yeah, I guess so. That's my future. Guess guess they call me J Train. Got to hop aboard the J Train now. <laughs> that's that's like what the dude says in every one of his videos. Mm-hmm. Time time for mm-hmm. you to hop aboard the J Train. <laughs> and then he goes. Hoot, hoot, and does the thing with his arm. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, nothing sexier than that J train noise. Oh man, <laughs> dude, are you as bummed out as I am that uh, the Donald Glover Deadpool series is gone, canceled, uh, done? I, I didn't, I didn't know anything about it. That's how out of the loop I've been. Damn, dog. I, I know, man. I, I'm, I'm. It's kind of scary how out of the loop I am right now, but deleting the only Facebook thing I, really did a number on you. Yeah, I guess so, and just not caring as much. But I remember seeing, uh, I saw one thing. It was someone posted a picture of Donald Glover and Deadpool, and it was like, I don't know, had some dumb comment, and I, it, I, I gleaned from that that there was some sort of Donald Glover Deadpool thing, but I didn't know what it was. He was doing an animated show for FX. He was writing it. Yeah, writing it, directing it. Oh, it's just like his show. Yeah. Huh. Right? And it got canceled? Yeah, and it got it, yeah, he and he and FX together decided to leave the project. Why? Uh creative differences or something probably. Mm. Yeah. Weird. I know. I'm really bummed out. I was actually really looking forward to that. Um you know what? Actually, while we're on the Deadpool topic, before we we'll get into the catch up listeners, all right? But this is, you know, it's it's me and Matt time. Listeners, if you could just like take off your yeah, headphones no and like yeah, we're we're you just know, hanging out. We're just hanging out. You can you can kind of tune out for a little bit. Uh Matt. Yeah. More annoying group like more annoying fandom. Deadpool, Harley Quinn, or Rick and Morty? 
Like, who has Ooh. the most annoying fans out of any of those? Mm. Shit, I don't know. I'm going to say least annoying Harley Quinn. Okay. That's an easy one. Really? Uh, yeah, I think it's fine that people are into Harley Quinn. I think the only thing about Harley Quinn that's tricky is how, like, to, it, on some level, it's promoting really fucked up relationships. Yeah. Well, like, I guess um, that's the thing, because I'm not even talking about the character itself. Like, I, I like all three of those things. Uh, yeah, it's totally, not about the product. Totally. It's that, just the people who tend to like that product. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say Harley Quinn's lowest. Okay. Oh, man. Uh, Deadpool and Rick and Morty, it's hard to choose between. It's a hard one. Yeah, because Rick and Morty fans are the worst. Yes. They, they're the ones jumping on top of McDonald's counters with samurai swords because they didn't get Szechuan sauce. Yeah, and just like having this attitude of like you aren't smart enough because you don't get Rick, you don't, you don't, you know, like you don't get it because you're not smart enough. About, yeah, you know, Rick and Morty, it's too smart for you. This, whatever. This guy's bullshit. such a Morty, but everyone wants to be. Everyone wants to be a Rick, but they like view everyone who's like passive or like not on their level as is a Morty. Right, and then the Deadpool stuff is annoying too because it's like, look at my balls, look at my balls. What the ass? Like it's 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 uh <laughs> Yeah. I don't, I don't know, man. I want to I think I'm going to say I think I'm going to go with Rick and Morty as the most annoying. I I might agree with you. I think here's the here's the thing. And and you know, maybe I'll alienate a lot of our listeners here, but um dun 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 dun. dun. <laughs> what I've noticed is that there is there is a ton of crossover between Harley Quinn fans and Juggalos. There is oh, slightly didn't, less, didn't, but still a sig- Go ahead. Didn't know that, but okay. I, as, as far as I've seen, there is there's okay. also a slightly less significant, but still significant crossover of Deadpool fans to Juggalos. Uh, okay. And then Rick and Morty fans are the ones who like harass women for writing on the show, uh, because how dare they be women and write on the show, uh, and also yeah. jump on McDonald's counters and whatever the fuck. Right. And so... I, that, yes, that that like doubly confirms why I would pick Rick and Morty mm-hmm. because they're actively hurtful to other people. Whereas, like, you know what, Juggalos are like annoying, but mm-hmm. they also like they're not really they're pretty accepting in, of anybody. That's fair. I guess know? that's the that's the one pro of uh, <laughs> of Juggalos. <laughs> and uh, not you know not hurting a lot of people. Are so. we becoming Juggalos right now? I think so. Oh, sweet. Whoop whoop. <laughs> whoop whoop what uh, do they say is that whoop whoop i don't know Are they whoop, the whoop, whoop, whoop guys? or something like that um i think the other thing though is to the most likely to blow cigarette smoke in a random person's face as they walk out of a walmart probably a deadpool fan or harley quinn fan yeah and then say fourth wall and then run away <laughs> <laughs> it's meta what it's meta um <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. Here's the thing. So I'm, you, you brought it, you mentioned it. I did. I, I left Facebook completely. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you for that, actually. Here's what's crazy. So before we started this podcast, which was roughly three years ago. Yeah. Uh, before sort of the geek, before Salt Lake got a Comic Con and Geek Hang Out Utah, which was uh, the, uh, which is still a group of, you know, like a, a geek meetup here in Utah. I was very isolated in my own little universe mm-hmm. and and didn't know anything about any of this like behind the scenes stuff and news and fan fandoms and all that bullshit, right? Yeah, you weren't plugged into the greater stratosphere of of geek at all. Yeah. That at all. Just like me in my basement reading comic books. Yeah. Anyway, start all this stuff and I'm like 100% plugged in. 
and it's overwhelming. There's so much shit. It's you know, you talk about fandoms and how annoying they are and all that kind of stuff. And anywho, I delete Facebook like a month ago. Uh huh. And it's just gone again from my life. I don't get any of it. I don't get any good or bad. I just get nothing. Uh, except for you know what I what I choose to seek out, where it's like, oh, I'm going to go see what the new comic releases are today because I haven't been watching for the past th- three weeks in anticipation, you know. Yeah. And I gotta say, it's 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 a lot better. I mean, for me, but it's a lot better. There's no. It's taken all the uh, the bullshit out of it. All the bullshit of like, I'm the biggest fan in the world, and 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 fuck you. Yeah, the, you don't understand. You don't understand Rick and Morty. The Ready Player One of it, the uh, the the. I'm better because I know more about geek stuff. Totally, and uh, I don't know. Yeah, it worked for me. If 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 it's if geek culture is uh, toxic to you in any way, just get out of it because it's bad. Get out of it, man. I don't know. I mean, it's just, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm not trying to make any statements or anything. It's just, no, I hear you. It's just, it's, uh, it's just, it's been interesting. It's been interesting being like pretty off social media. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm jealous of that in a way. I mean, I, I stay on for multiple reasons, uh, especially work stuff and writing stuff and, and, and kind of the networking aspect of it. Um, but at the same time, I do, I do find myself fairly envious of uh of being you know like that you just you totally unplugged and that you're you're not you don't see it you're outside the whole window man you've you've you broke the game dude oh I don't know I mean it, I don't like it's not I'm not like proud of it or anything it's just I don't know it is it's uh we all contribute to what we all you know all this sort of like fandoms right we all contribute to what we think is this like shared universe that we're all like a part of and right and we create we're creating whatever we want in there right and and invariably all the there's just like the 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 numerous assholes in the world just turn it toxic right like we've seen it all the time with all this sort of like geek whatever's there's always that's just like toxic backdrop behind it yeah yeah there's there's you know gamergate and comics gate and all the other gates so many gates. Too many gates, dude. Watergate. There's there's uh Johnny Depp's ninth gate. Johnny Depp's ninth gate, the 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 uh the what's the standing standing with a wide gate? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, anyway, my, my my point is is like I think a big part of that is we're all contributing to that even if we're not contributing to it. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Uh you know, and it's and I think that was a big part of I my I was getting so frustrated with what I was with what I was seeing as, and this is it is a I could I can I can I can micro or macro this sort of sentiment, but it's you know my participation is directly causing some of this to happen, and I just ugh, I hate it. I, I'm I'm done. Yeah, with that with all that bullshit. You hear that Facebook? You hear that uh, social media geek life? He's done with you. I'm done. I'm done with you. You're the worst. <laughs> um, no, I mean it's. I mean to be to be fair, I am still on Instagram, and I know that's owned by, owned by Facebook, and so it's you know it's not like I've completely just checked out. But my Instagram is whittled down to only people I know. There, I don't follow anything else. Yeah, and you don't post on ours, so you don't see anything. You don't <laughs> post on ours either. <laughs> hey, I post like you know once every couple weeks. <laughs> 
Thanks for <laughs> thanks for carrying everything on your shoulder, Rachel. We'll get better. <laughs> Someday. We should get better. We should we should post things. Yeah, I know. I no, I don't I yeah, I don't I don't look at our I don't look at our Instagram for that reason, but I don't know, man. Yeah. I I got so I I got so inundated with with it that I was just like I think there's part of me that was like run the fuck away from this you don't you don't like it <laughs> you don't like this <laughs> it sucks the fucking joy out of it for me you yeah know? I'm definitely I'm 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 the type of person that it's like if it gets if it's too if it's too much if it's too ever present I run away from it a little bit I never noticed and, Matt I never noticed that yep there's no you there's did. there's no instance in our in our lives that I ever would have noticed that tendency. Shut up! I'm just kidding. Uh, but you're right. I mean, it's it's just a uh, yeah. No, I, I hear know. you. I hear you. It's like it it gets it gets very weighing, and it takes a certain type of personality to like still be still be like invested. into it. Yeah, and invested when there's like shit all over the place, and much of it negative, and and some of it positive. You know, I like I like that uh, Mr. Sunday Movies guy. Yeah, I think he's like, I think he's like. He's like he's like I don't know he's like he's like covering all the bases in the right way, mm-hmm. but it's funny watching him because like you can tell from him that he's also like I don't know how long he's been doing it, but I imagine quite a while. Yeah, because he sounds pretty dead inside sometimes, and he, <laughs> and, he, and, he, and he and he vocalizes that right. He's yeah. just like oh dear God. No, he fully. Why yeah, did he, you get? He fully wears his lack of enthusiasm or frustration. Yeah, and it's great. Yeah. I think that's uh, that makes him fun. And I think that's what we need in in geek culture in general right now is like, yo, uh, we can be frustrated with the industry itself and with, th- you know, and and like not frustrated with anything outside or like the things that like, you know, necessarily that people are creating, but more with the fans and the culture itself uh, that's sort of perpetuating a lot of the bullshit of it. Exactly. Um. And speaking of perpetuating bullshit, oh man, man, how about that Ready Player One? Should we talk? Should we just dig in? Just dig right in? Yeah, probably should. Uh, Rachel, so we we kind of mentioned it on the show last week with Rachel, but um, uh, she has not seen it yet, and so we talked a little bit spoiler free. But I feel like we should do like the deep dive into Ready Player One since we've both seen it. I know this is a movie you were very excited for. Um, I was also pretty excited for it. Uh, yeah. So should we should we just like right off the bat just rip off that spoiler tag and and throw it at him yeah here's the thing though i i I was really excited for it for a hot minute Mm -hmm. and then it was just before it came out is right when i was like i hate everything (laughs) and (laughs) you know and ready player one to some on to some degree was sort of the embodiment of that because it was the like just fucking throw it everything in there yeah right so wait, so are you saying you came around to my my end of thinking on Ready Player One in the end? On the nostalgia pandering? On the nostalgia pandering, yeah, sure. We'll yeah, say that. I don't know if it was I don't know, not as not in this maybe not in the same way, but maybe a little bit. I I, I think it was I don't think it was nostalgia pandering. I think it was an, an, an just a an, an, like a I think it's a pretty original creative story. Yeah. And I don't think it was necessarily like let's pander to this nostalgia to get people to go see it. I don't think that's what it was. I think it was. I really think the heart of it is sort of this guy's love letter story to the '80s or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And that's fine. I get that, and that's cool. And I and I kind of like the whole premise, whatever. But um, yeah, I was. I was. I was a little on the on the flip side of that was me just being a little like, ugh, okay. I'm just. It's. I'm. I. I'm already feeling this general sense of being 
overwhelmed with all this stuff and just being over it. And then this is like the fucking <laughs> movie that's like they shove it all in. Yeah. So I wasn't rushing out to see it at all. I wasn't like, dear God, I have to see this movie. I was kind of like, more like, eh, maybe it comes up. And then we were, one night we were just hanging out and I was like, oh shit, it, it came out. Should we see it? And Jenica was like, yeah, fuck it, let's go. And I, so we went. I mean, it was definitely not a, usually those movies, usually the geek movies I'm like, get first day tickets or whatever, but this was just more spontaneous. Yeah. No, that anyway, makes sense. to the movie. I actually thought it was pretty good. Yeah? I thought it was fun. I enjoyed, for the most part, the the whole thing. And it, it, it didn't feel like they were ramming everything down your throat to some absurd degree. Yeah, that's true. Uh, it just, like, you know, it, it felt like the video, all the video game scenes where there is, like, everything in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just felt like you're watching the video game, right? It just felt like, yeah, of course that's what the video game's going to look like because... Of of course, everybody's gonna get the fucking original Batmobile or be Freddy Krueger or whatever the fuck, right? Yeah, yeah. So it didn't feel too. It, it I think they t- I think they sort of pared back on the like obsessive '80s shit that they talked about so much in the book. Oh, they definitely um, pared that down. Absolutely, I agree with you. And and I thought that was actually a really smart move uh, because while I like the book and I think the book's interesting. I think something that we've debated before is just how annoying the kids are because they're because they embody this like I am the better geek than you because I have this obscure 80s knowledge or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I know more obscure the, things than you, so I'm better. And the dialogue in the book gets annoying there. And and in the movie, there's a couple scenes where they sort of touch on that a little bit, but nothing nothing to the point where it felt like it was just like box the movie down or makes it hard to watch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I so I agree with you there. I think I think that you know compressing it down to like the three three keys that immediately then open a gate, um, you know, like taking out a lot of the needless scenes of dialogue where it's just two characters yelling references at each other to to increasingly loud levels, um, right? And and yeah, like really skinning it down so that the nostalgia wasn't necessarily. Uh, so much like a plot point as it was just sort of decoration of the world. Yes, uh, yeah. Um, and so I don't know. And and I I <laughs> I didn't love the ending, but I thought the ending was still a little better than. Okay, re- actually, remind me, how did the book end? Do you know? Do you remember? <coughs> they Oz Oz rescues them. Og Og, yeah. Well, so yeah, but Og rescues them, and they go to his like Oregon house, and then. To get the last key, he has to pick like the right old computer or something in that room. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, what does he have to do? Doesn't he have to play? A, doesn't he have to play? He has to play like Black Dragon or something, some video game in real life at something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly. And then they have to do Monty Python, right? Something like that. And the whole they have to do the Holy Grail, the whole movie. There, yeah, that's that's right. Yep. Um. Anyway, so it, it's a little different than the movie. So the thing, the thing that I like in the movie was that the ending is is kind of about like, hey, don't play video games all the time, and and use like don't oh. don't use video games as like the core of your life. Um, I see what you're. I see what you're like the like the 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 tender touching moment at the end. Yeah, 
Where, where in the book, in the book, he she, Artemis goes and like hides in the ma- in the in the in the garden maze, and then he goes out and finds her, and they're like, we we can be friends now. Yeah, and and nothing really like they don't like the, the the thing that bothers me. He you know in the at the end of the book, Wade like gets control of the oasis and all this stuff, but he doesn't really do anything like to change anything. Right, he just keeps everything the same because like yeah, this is great. We can fucking live in our video game world and and be 80s kids all day um whereas in the movie and i i I still feel like it was it was kind of a dumb resolution at just to some degree but i did enjoy that in the movie there was some of that message of like hey some of the shit is worthless and like maybe we should do other things other than spout video game and movie references uh but the the arbitrary like and it's offline on tuesdays and thursdays like what also fucked up and like how out of touch for that kid if it's like if the global economy is revolves around the oasis and you're just going to shut it down for two days of like that's what people probably make their livings and all this other stuff well and also like what about people who work real life jobs but then like you know are off on tuesdays and thursdays you know the whole thing just the whole thing was like i i see what he's going for yeah it's like in the movie if you were to do like it but it's like if they were to just do an hourly limit, right? Like like that every every week you have a certain amount of hours that you can play on there and then you're done or something, you know? Like that would be, I feel like, a better way to handle that if you're trying to do that. Also, like, the world's so fucked up in that, oh, yeah. in that future. It's an it's awful like, world. What the fuck are you, what are you trying to do? Like, make people go, like, hang out in your polluted wasteland? Come on, man. Well, it's also like you just became basically the richest person in the world. Like, why isn't your first course of action to try and improve it? Exactly. You're, you're now the richest person in the world, and so it doesn't fucking matter to you anymore that you can just <laughs> turn it off twice a week. Exactly. It's it's it was. There's definitely this whole sense of like, oh, okay, so you just turn into like the shittiest of the shittiest people who could run this thing. Yeah, you just turned into Ben Mendelsohn. Ugh. Ugh. Yeah. No, I didn't I didn't I didn't much appreciate that ending. Yeah. But I, I did I did enjoy a lot of it. Um I liked uh um I liked a lot of the you know, like the action scenes were pretty fun. Some of the sort of like big set pieces I really enjoyed. I thought Ben Mendelssohn was good as the villain. Um I liked that they kind of pushed T J Miller out of the movie as much as they could. <laughs> Cause that guy's a fucking psychopath. Yeah, what the hell? Um, I mean, we don't have to dig into him, but we don't. Yeah, I, um, yeah, and I thought, you know, I thought, I, I agree. I mean, I thought that all the general action stuff was cool. The, the CG looked really good. Yeah. Um, I mean, and it was fun going through and being like, "Oh shit, that thing from that one thing," you know. <laughs> oh shit! Like it, it's kind of fun, and like you know, it's every you know, there's every once in a while you're like, "Oh, that's I reckon I get that reference," and that's it's kind of fun to feel like you belong to some on some level of course everyone everyone wants to belong yeah exactly so that was that was interesting and i i didn't like the the third key that it was like the the world's first easter egg Mm. that they had to like you just had to find the world's first easter egg oh yeah which is kind of like okay everybody knows that one that's whatever but uh, I did. I was pretty stoked that Mechagodzilla made a made his appearance. Yeah, me too. Actually, that was that was pretty I was, fun. I was worried about that one. 
was where they wouldn't do it. I know you were too, actually. I, I remember you mentioning that specifically that you were worried about that one. Yeah, the only the only thing I didn't like about it was it was like a much more like animated dinosaur Mechagodzilla instead of guy in suit Mechagodzilla. Mm. So it didn't, it didn't quite look like Mechagodzilla to me, but it was still fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. But I I'd like to watch it. I mean, I was you know people I I read like a, a well after we saw it I read like a all the things all the all the all the easter eggs in ready player one and it's like all the different characters and i there's definitely a lot that i missed e, oh yeah without a doubt like I, apparently the gremlins are in there sure why not didn't didn't see them <laughs> i did really appreciate that the cyclops from ray harryhausen's uh seventh voyage of sinbad is in there i don't even know that what my, that is that, Yep, that was my that was my like ha ha ha. I know more than you, everybody. I got that. I got that one. <laughs> that was your Captain America moment. Yep, makes uh, sense. And Spawn. I mean, we all saw Spawn, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Also, really, really quick side tangent. Uh, Todd McFarlane is writing and directing the Spawn movie that Blumhouse is producing. Yeah, I mean, like we all, we can all agree it's not going to be good, right? I there, I I feel like there is almost no chance. Yeah, all right, Brad, I, mean, I want to direct the Spawn movie, and I'll write it too, Brad. <laughs> like he's never like he's he's directed like ten years ago was the last time he directed anything, and it was one of like three animated music videos that he's directed in his life, which I'm sure he less than directed. You know what I mean? He directed. Uh... Um, follow the leader by Corn. Yeah, Not follow the leader. What song? Yeah, one of the Corn songs. He he directed like three or freak, four of those kind of like Freak on a Leash. Yeah, Freak on a Leash. Yeah, he directed like three or four sort of like new metal music videos. Yeah, I did. Um, but yeah, it's it's just like how and I mean obviously it's it's a micro budget movie uh, as all of Blumhouse's are, but I just I you know it's it's. And it also, it does feel like, so I was looking at it the other day, and I honestly, I want to put together, um, and now that I'm putting it out in the world, it's it's going to happen, but uh, I wanted to like put together a pitch for someday, hopefully, I'm writing comics and get the chance to pitch this, like an X-Force team that was exclusively made up of the characters that the Image Founders had created at Marvel. Oh, no. And so you've got Spawn, or not Spawn, Venom, Carnage, Deadpool, uh, Jubilee, um, Gambit. I uh, fuck. Um, no, no, no. Gambit's Gambit's older than that. Uh, uh-uh. Jim Lee created Gambit. Um, no, Bishop. No way. Yes, he did. Look it up. Uh, I'm looking it up right now. So, so you got Venom, Carnage, Deadpool, um, Gambit, Bishop, Jubilee, and uh, the weird Guardians of the Ga- Galaxy character uh, that Jim Valentino created. Hmm. You're right. Boom. Uh, Sucker. Uh, well, created by Chris Claremont and Jim Lee. Well, yeah, all of them had like a, a co-writer, but by that time, by the time Gambit came into the X-Men, that was when Chris Claremont was like he was writing, but at the same time he was not writing like he used to be writing because Marvel had sort of uh bowed down to Jim Lee. All right, that's fair. 1990. God, I thought he was older than that. Nah, man. Okay. He's come on, he wears a sock on his head and 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 has energy and a weird haircut. He's he's so 90s. So is Bishop. Oh, he's he's very 90s, but I thought yeah, I thought he was older. 
Um, anyway, oh okay. yeah, and then Krugar was the character that uh, that Jim Valentino created for the Guardians of the Galaxy. Way to go, Jim! Yeah, although actually, I, apparently he made a, an appearance in Guardians Two or no. in Doctor Strange. What? He's like a Krugar. weird, like red dragon fish thing that apparently at one time was the Sorcerer Supreme. Uh, hold on, where did? Yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy Two. He appeared in. Huh? Did he? Yeah, in his years of youth, Krugar was part of the group, the Ravagers, to lead by the participated in many adventures and heists across the galaxy. Eventually, after uh, Udanta's exile from the Ravagers, the team disbanded, and Krugar never saw his teammates again for many years. So he was in the group with Sylvester Stallone. Oh, yep. Yep, that was him. Hmm. Yep, I'm looking at it right now. Awesome. Maybe he will rise to prominence if they end up actually doing that Guardians spinoff with Stallone, like they keep talking about. Do they really? They're, I keep hearing rumors about it. That's all. Oh, okay. Huh. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. It'd be like a Guardians all 3000 right. type thing. Um, hmm. Anyway, I would love to see like a weird X-Force book with those seven characters in it. Like Jubilee, I feel like, would be the the biggest like sort of counterbalance to all the, the, the macho tough guy characters, um, which would be yeah, fun. I don't know. She, she's, like, she's a vampire now, so Jubilee's got all sorts of weird shit going on. Yeah, but she can get... She can get she can get fixed. You can always retcon stuff. Yeah, you can just send her to Dr. Michael Morbius. Yeah, that one. But apparently they're making the Morbius movie still that we were talking about recently that sounded terrible. Are they? Remember we were talking about it? It was like the worst picks for everybody. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's, it's, it? Yeah, Sony's making that. Uh, yeah, Sony is making a fucking Morbius movie. Um, also, have I told you about my suspicion that Venom actually does take place in the mcu and has a good amount to do with what happens in infinity war no what i kind of think that this venom movie is plot important to infinity war is like like that takes place in some of the fallout from infinity war and that's why we haven't seen the symbiote in any of the trailers and why they've been so hush hush on whether or not it does exist in the mcu well they said tom holland was in it so that seems like they haven't said that people have said that I thought someone had said that there was a a, a a a cameo. No one, no one officially has said that. A bunch of people have have speculated, and that's been a thing that's been floating out for a while. Uh, oh, okay. But so so that leads me to think maybe the symbiote is in Infinity War, and then huh. and then maybe the next movie is like Secret Wars. Huh. Yeah. That could be fun, right? I'm really excited for Infinity War. I'm pretty excited too. It'll be nice to see the like culmination of the past 10 years yeah and also see which direction they go in next it would it would be very fitting if they're able to do like for phase four they do the fantastic four they introduce them after infinity war because they haven't released anything yet huh nah we don't know we don't know what's next other than captain marvel right yeah literally it's once like we don't know the title of avengers 4 yet and after avengers 4 we don't know we don't know what's coming next other than guardians 3 will happen um Apparently, Doctor Strange 2 is probably happening. Uh, but yeah, after after Avengers 4, there's there's not any clear idea of what's going on. And But did, did I read correctly that Chris Evans said that he was done after Avengers Infinity 4? Yeah, but also like that could also just be a thing that Marvel told him to do to throw people off the scent. Maybe like make him think that he's dying, but maybe he's not really dying. But I, But at the same time, I do feel like, yeah, he's probably dying. I just don't necessarily trust what what uh, people say in publicity before the um, 
movie comes out. Not mean. Yeah. If they were like, I do. That's yeah. that's why. I, that's why I stopped paying attention. <laughs> but yeah, so so we have after Infinity War, it's Ant Man and the Wasp, and then Captain Marvel, and then uh, two months after Captain Marvel is Avengers Four. Um, from there, all we know is Spider Man Homecoming Two or whatever the fuck they call it, uh, and then Guardians Three. Huh. Yeah, and Guardians Three isn't even like in pre-production yet. There's it's still in development. It's coming out sometime in 2020 supposedly. Huh. Yeah. Um who knows. Yeah, cuz they need they're going to need some new character. They're going to need to put some drop some new characters in here right quick, right? I mean Oh yeah. Especially if they're getting rid of these other ones. Well, and I think I think so the I, So Avengers so uh, Avengers 4 is going to be the kickoff, right? Yeah. It's going to be the new it's going to be the new team or whatever. Well, Avengers It's got to be. Maybe. As far as we know right now, Avengers 4 is kind of the, the end cap for Phase 4. So maybe it's maybe Avengers 4 is almost like the transition movie, where it's sort of both of them. You know, both ensembles and sort of like the, the, the passing, the changing of the guard or whatever they call it. But also, apparently, it's supposed to be pretty pretty cataclysmic, Avengers 4. So you don't... Uh, yeah, so while they're not calling it a Infinity War Part 2, it's probably Infinity War Part 2. Yeah, either that or like, yeah. I mean, I think because I I feel like this is going to be the Empire Strikes Back where Thanos wins. I kind of think so too. Yeah, like it ends with Captain America dying, or yeah, somebody's going to die, or or Thanos is going to like, you know, wipe off, wipe half the population off the face of the yeah. universe, or like pull something. Pull I mean, I, I, Earth from yeah. another reality and smash it into this Earth or some shit. Dude, if if they went full Hickman, that'd be pretty. That'd be pretty I mean, cool. They have the the Black Order. Yeah, exactly. It's it's funny. I saw it. Hickman was like after after they showed the Black Order in the Avengers trailer. Hickman sent out a tweet like, uh, you know, when I was writing Avengers, I used to get uh, I used to get shit because I wasn't uh, because my Avengers weren't like the movie Avengers, and now the snake's sort of eating its tail the other way around. Oh, cool. Yeah, so it's kind of funny. Um, yeah, I would I would be stoked if they went full Hickman and and then you know again could use that as uh, um, a way of introducing the the Fantastic Four and stuff like that because again they've just been lost in space somewhere. Yeah, that's all they've been doing this whole time, lost in space. And Doctor Doom's been recreating Latveria in the in the ruins of uh, Sokovia. That's how they. Speaking of speaking of being lost in space, yeah. I was just gonna just jump in there. Oh, I get, I get what you're saying. <laughs> hey, look at that! Before, so that's we'll call that a teaser because we have to do an ad break real quick. Uh, oh, okay, but we're about to talk talk about Lost in Space. But first, we should tell you about ComicBento.com. It's our favorite comic book subscription box, and it's not even a subscription box anymore. It's just a box. All their plans are one month, so you don't have to worry about like being charged on your credit card unexpectedly and like having something ongoing or whatever. It's just a one month thing. Uh, so if you go to ComicBento.com. You can use the promo code SAVAGE and get $5 off a box of comics. There's like four or five uh, every month um, trade paperbacks in this box. And every month has its own theme, uh, which is rotating and changing all the time. Uh, April's theme is artifacts. From the mystical to the sentimental heirlooms to honorary and technological... Yeah, sure. Why not? Um, comics have no shortage of artifacts for heroes and villains to use in their quests. This can transfer to everyday life in the form of a special car or lucky shirt. Pretty much any artifact that we can assign importance to. This month, Comic Bento shines a special light on artifacts that drive us, call to us, avenge us, and more. But hurry, you've only got until April 30th 
to add these artifacts to your collection. Uh, make sure you go to comicbento.com and use our promo code. That is SAVAGE. It'll give you $5 off your box. Um, that's just $20. Get $20. We'll, uh, we'll buy you four or five trade paperback comics full of all that artifacty goodness. Matt, let's talk yes. about Lost in Space. You watched it. I have not seen it. I see the billboards, and I go, huh, I should watch that, but I haven't. Yeah. What you think of it? Uh, What's going on? I did. I, w- I watched the whole thing. The whole thing. How many episodes is it? Ten. Wow. Uh, it was quite good. Really? Yeah, it was. It was. It was. It's. Um, it leans a little bit into the network TV style. In what way? Um, what? In what way do you think? In the narrative way. So it leans a little bit into the Lost narrative. I mean, I was re- kind of reminded of watching Lost or something, where there's kind of what's going on at present, and then uh, flashbacks that sort of start to flesh out the bigger picture gotcha okay and and the flashbacks you know they're obviously like reveal starts to reveal more and more as it goes and part of the part of the narrative is told through the flat the the, the flashbacks sort of like you know are are, are, are uh, it's that same kind of trope that they do where the flashbacks sort of add the extra tension because then you're like oh shit that's been going on this whole t-, you know you know yeah, what I yeah. mean? so it does that not in a bad way it's fine I mean, I, I don't know. There's just some people have those flashbacks can be tricky. Yeah, uh, but but I think they work pretty well with this. Um, but the I don't know. The overall story is pretty strong. Um, it's got good. It's got pretty solid fleshed out characters. The the kids aren't annoying. They're they're they're, they're except for the the redhead girl. She's a little uh, comic relief, which is and she's not that funny but well so tell me about it because i i literally know nothing about about uh lost in space other than the billboards and the fact that it was a book it was a tv show from the 50s oh, or 60s never mind that it was a tv show <laughs> see i know even less about lost in space than i thought i knew yeah it was a tv show um and it's uh it's basically the, the old tv show is basically like uh swiss family robinson in space okay right uh it's the family are they're the robinsons mm-hmm. um and i actually i've seen i've watched the old tv show a little bit here and there but I've, i'm not really too too in the know about it but anyway the premise for this is uh, uh the colonists leave earth to go to alpha centauri to you know kind of because earth is too fucked up yeah we've we've already we've fucked we've 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 fucked the whole thing up we just stuck our dicks in it and fucked it like a uh, little Wayne or little uh, yeah, little Wayne was talking about. Yeah, so this colonist ship, um, it's like a big, it's like a big colonist transport ship, and then on that are all these little mini ships that you see all over the previews, those little f- almost flying saucer ships, mm-hmm. right? And uh, something happens on the big the transport ship, and they all get in their ships and crash land on this planet. Uh, and then it's sort of like this fight for survival on this planet to uh, against all the you know crazy weather and animals and stuff that's on this planet. And it's it's fun because it's it's you know it's primarily about this you know the, the Robinsons who are trying to survive on this planet. But it's interesting because it's they're 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 it's not a what am I trying to say? It's just it's it's smart. They're like they actually they use real well, you know, I use real science with air quotes, but <laughs> you know what I mean. But it's like there's it, it's science based, so there's, they talk a lot about the science, kind of like Star Star Trek does. Yeah, yeah. 
or especially that newer Star Trek with it's kind of digging into science a little bit more and using that as a backdrop and um yeah it's cool it's 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 actually pretty fun it's got a good sense of wonder and discovery in there uh parker posey is a, a is is a really good villain hmm. um and i haven't like i haven't like i haven't watched something where i was like felt viscerally mad at the villain um that's impressive like yeah, it's pretty impressive. I mean, she's she's solid already. Parker Posey's just kind of got it. I don't know. She's kind of had it for a while. But oof, yeah, she's she is she is someone to hate yeah. in this show. So, uh, so someone to legitimately hate instead of like most most like uh, the, the, the 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 general villain problem of like meh, I just don't care that much. Uh-huh. Um, so, your motivate you know her motivations are are sound. Uh, which is so always I, good that's fun. that's i mean one of the like the the most frequently missing things from any villain is is whether their motivations actually make sense or are even like relatable in any way or logical yeah i mean you know there's a, there's a little bit of stretch here and there but it, for the most part it's good and then the uh acting overall is pretty solid the mom mm-hmm. is particularly good the special effects are pretty good especially for a Netflix show. I mean Netflix, I know they pump a lot into it, but it's pretty solid. So I would say absolutely worth watching. Definitely kind of like a fun sci-fi thing. Yeah. Um and it's it's got some it's got some pretty solid little twists and turns throughout. That's that's good to know. And I it's it's funny because there's there's a little uh thing here that I that I I think illustrates a point pretty well um that you probably didn't know about with with this lost in space series um but i want to talk about it because it's i i think it absolutely uh illustrates an interesting point so if you were to if you were to like guess i mean i guess i won't make you guess but uh the filmography of the showrunners on this lost in space show is a bit interesting okay uh their first uh major credit is in 2014 they co-wrote dracula or co-wrote together so wrote uh collectively uh dracula untold that's the guy that was doing morbius the guys yes they they wrote <laughs> dracula untold uh the last uh-huh. witch hunter <coughs> yeah same guys that are doing yep, morbius that's yep. too funny gods of egypt and uh power rangers they had just story yeah. credit on now uh-huh that you know of course that's a pretty rough filmography um but I think that does also uh, show a co- show a couple of things. A that you know the the hand that a screenwriter plays in a movie, um, you know, in in the final product and what we see from from the end of a movie, the screenwriter's role in that is much smaller than we typically view. And not to say they're not important; they're very important. But yeah, what we see on well, screen it's... is not what the screenwriter wrote most of the time. Right, if you're not beholden to Universal's bullshit, yeah, yeah, or whoever, or even yeah. just the director. You know, the director has a lot more say than the screenwriter in the in the process of the film. Um, right, and this is their first TV work, which is which is interesting to note that maybe when they're when you know when they have the type of control that that writers are allowed to have in TV, uh, that maybe they're you know, uh, they they're they're sort of more able to to get out something that's a quality product um but also even you know sometimes people who uh 
who who are typically thought of as creating some crap or you know people who create stuff that just isn't re- received well or or not very successful still have the capability of um putting out awesome shit you know sure i mean shit george lucas made the prequels but also made star wars <laughs> you know like or whatever i mean yeah. there's 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 a lot of other examples but um yeah i don't know i i just i find it uh I find that stuff kind of kind of interesting, um, but yeah, that's 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 good to know. I I think I will at the very least watch the pilot for Lost in Space. I've had such little time to actually go through series lately. Oh sure, but I haven't. I mean, me neither. This is I I I I, I had a a wife out of town and took advantage. When the wife's out of town, the Matt's gonna watch Lost in watch Space. Lost in Space. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but I, 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 yeah. So I, I, I did enjoy it. I, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good. That's good to know. And uh, I would definitely recommend it. And I would say that it's, you know, it's. I mean, I'm not saying it's great. I'm not saying it was super amazing, but it was absolutely better than a lot of other everything that's out there. <laughs> and that is, uh, you know, that is a that is an accomplishment. And that's also my the quote the quote that they're going to put on the DVD. <laughs> exactly, it's a lot better than uh, everything that there is out there. Yep. Uh, you know, I actually this is there's one piece of news. As much as I did, I didn't I don't want to do a news episode today. There's one piece of news I thought you might be interested in. Okay. Um, uh, 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 for two reasons. So okay, you, you you're you're a fan of this uh, this why the last man business, right? I am. I I thoroughly enjoyed that 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 comic book series. And you're you're a fan of uh, American Gods, I take it, correct? I'm also a fan of of American Gods, that book and television series. Indeed, uh, you're also a fan of Logan, the movie. I thought Logan was pr- pretty okay. Pretty okay. I know, man. I'm I I I am like one of those weird oddballs that I I was not blown away by Logan like everybody else was. <sighs> I know. I know. Don't get me wrong. I liked it. I just didn't love it like everybody else did. If anyone wants to send in any applications to uh, be a new co-host to Savage Land, uh, you can email applications at savagelandpodcast.com. No, I'm just kidding. Hey. Hey, <laughs> man. Hey. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, well, you didn't you, you didn't like that other thing I liked a lot. That's true. Whatever it was. <laughs> it. That's what it was. Um, yep. Uh, anyway. From Michael Green, the uh, co-showrunner of American Gods, the writer of Logan, and the writer of Blade Runner 2049. Uh, I did like Blade Runner 2049 quite a bit. Right? Um, yeah. And Ada Mashaka, who is a writer on Luke Cage and Turn, are now going to be the showrunners of FX's Why the Last Man. Uh, they've ordered a pilot for it. Not a series order yet, but uh, they are showrunning the pilot. Well, and I think... When it goes to pilot, I don't. There hasn't been many pilots that premiered on Amazon that didn't get shows after. This is FX. Oh, sorry, FX. Yeah. Even either still. way, though, even still. Um. Um. Brett. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, I, I actually did know that. I, I read that the other day because. Uh, uh. I, again, I specifically was like, hey, "Whatever happened to that? Why the Last Man show?" And looked it up. <laughs> uh, they're just calling it Why, right? Uh, I don't know if they have a title yet, but possibly. Okay. I, I would. I would assume maybe they will. I think, I think they could. I think that would be a pretty, pretty powerful show to put out right now with all the goings on in the world. Mm-hmm. I totally I agree. I think that'd be a pretty smart idea for them to drop that. 
This is actually this is one of like six different comic books that FX is currently uh, working on for TV out like past the development stage, which is pretty crazy. Hmm. They're also doing like Southern Bastards and um, a couple of other image books, but I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, Southern Bastards would be another really good one with what with all the goings on these days. Absolutely, it would be. I wow, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, Southern Bastards is one of my favorite comics from the last couple of years that I've picked up. Um, even though it's been going, did you uh, for a while? Uh, I'll come back around to it. Um, you sure? I, I'm. I, I don't really have any more points to make on that. But did I? Ever oh, look? okay. Um, did you ever read East of West? You know, so uh, funnily enough, I I've had the first two volumes for a few months. I now have volumes one through five, and I'm about to do the Matt style full binge. Yes. <laughs> Do it. Is that why are you are you saying that 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 should be one to really that that that's hot for adaptation? Mm, maybe I I think it would make a good animation if you had a good. I think you could make a really cool like animated series out of it. Okay, which I feel like is a lost thing. Yeah, it's it's like everything has to be live action now, and I think live action is so limiting. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Um, for instance, I think it, you could do yeah. What? I was going to say, for instance, if Saga were ever ad- adapted, I think the animation is 100% the right pl- path to take on that. You know what? I could s- I, I, I could see Saga working if like they had if they got like Jim Henson's creature shot behind it. <laughs> and like and like, you know, like like um, I'm not saying Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy with most Def and Martin Freeman was a great movie, mm-hmm. but it looked awesome. All the creature shop shit they did in that movie was super cool, and I think you could pull Saga off like that. Maybe, uh, maybe. I'm not. I'm not saying 100, percent but maybe. And I don't think they should adapt Saga anyway. But yeah, I don't I think, think so. Either. Could, I think I, th- I think Saga is a great example I, of something that should just be a comic. Yeah, um, but I think he. I think he could. I think he could pull mm. it off. So what was what were you uh, wanting to bring up with East of West? Oh, you just said one of the best comics you've read in a while. Oh. It just reminded me that that's one of the best comics I've read in a while. Yeah, I uh, I keep hearing such good things, and I mean, you you talking about it so highly was was the thing that kind of spurred me to to really grab it and and take the dive. Yeah, that thing floored me, man. I was I was unprepared for how much I was going to like that comic. Yeah, just because Hickman's so hit and miss, but I I'm, I think I'm coming around because we used to talk about Hickman all the time, like two years ago, or three years ago, where we were like. Oh Hickman, what the fuck are you doing? Hickman, 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 you're such a mess. Blah blah blah. You know, but now I've like I've I've read like a pretty solid chunk of Hickman, and, and I would say it's all really good. Yeah, like it's just universally good. I think I think the biggest the the biggest thing that sort of led us to feeling that way about him was that his Avengers run, especially toward the middle, really really sagged. But I think that his creator-owned work and his early Marvel stuff was some of the best comics, and even Secret Wars at the end, uh, some of the yeah. best comics I've ever read so far. Yeah, and I, I think also yeah. I really enjoy the way his mind works. I've, I've, he used to write this column on iFanboy.com called um, Concentric Circles. There weren't tons of posts there, but the stuff that's there was really meaty and really awesome and helpful. Gotcha. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I've, yeah, I think he's. I think he's one of the reigning champs right now. Yeah. So actually, speaking of Hickman, uh, you saw probably that on Amazon now, uh, you can finally order Black Monday Murders Volume 2, which is coming out, like, I think in a week. Um, and it's like 11 bucks for Volume 2 on Amazon. Yeah, I, I already did. <laughs> <laughs> I can't uh, wait to read it. Definitely. That. 
No, I can't either. I'm going to get another one. I gotta, I'm going to have to read it again, but yeah. oh, read the for first, sure. first volume. Like, for sure. But, uh, <laughs> and freaking Tom no, Coker, dude. Tom Coker, like, I think not enough gets said about him with that book, but Tom Coker's art in Black Monday Murders is fucking incredible. Oh, yeah. Disturbing. The whole thing is amazing. Yeah. No, it's it's just fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh. Anyway. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I don't know. I think we we. What? Go ahead. When when's a uh, deadly class coming to TV? Very soon, actually. Um, the guy who's shooting, uh, the guy who's doing our first two episodes on Sabrina is do. Uh, I think already filmed the deadly class pilot. Um. Oh shit. Director, and so it's it's coming soon. Um. Let me look it up. Deadly class sci-fi. Oh, I I don't need to know exactly, <clears throat> but uh, that's exciting, and I I think that'll be good because it'll. I think they can stay violent. They can stay. They don't have to tone anything down. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, and I, I think sci-fi's really been on the up and up lately with, um, with their stuff. And I know, like, you didn't like The Expanse, but I fucking love that show. I think that is one of the best shows on TV. No, people really liked it. I, I, yeah, it didn't it didn't speak to me, but I, 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 I it is very highly rated. Yeah. <clears throat> so I don't know. I, I'm yeah, I'm super excited for Dead. And just, I think comic books taking over TV and film right now is a good thing. Um, more and more people are realizing how diverse and original the ideas from comic books are, uh, and how un unrestricted creators <laughs> are in this medium versus film and TV. Right. And I think that's. I don't know. I think that's fucking dope. So it is fucking. It is fucking dope. Comics are great, you know. Yeah. Um. Well, shit. The uh, the next piece of of ketchup. I know you've been you've been playing some video games a little bit. Yeah, I've played a pretty solid chunk of Far Cry Five. And what's Far Cry again? <laughs> Far Cry's the each one's a different. They're different stories. There's no. There's no. There's no long form narrative. Okay. And it, it's just like uh, the first couple were like, you're a guy in a faraway place and there's a c- crazy guy and you have to kill the crazy guy by killing all of his generals and stuff. Okay. <laughs> in a nutshell. It's basically just a big open sandbox world um, with lots of first person shooting stuff going on. Okay, I gotcha. Uh, anyway, uh, they've always been pretty fun and they have a they, the the worlds are always like pretty vibrant and fleshed out and full of animals that attack you and stuff, but uh Far Cry 5's uh uh takes place in Montana and it's like this uh this ultra religious cult has sort of taken over this valley um uh and you are brought in by you you like you're you're like a one of the deputies or something, and you're you're brought to like arrest this cult leader, and you know shit just goes south. But that's a pretty solid nutshell. <laughs> sounds sounds pretty anyway. Cool. It's, yeah, it's fun. It's totally fun to you know. It's it, if you, it's hard to if you've played Far Cry and enjoy Far Cry, you'll enjoy Far Cry Five because it's Far Cry. I mean, it's the same <laughs> game. So it's like they're all the same game. You know, it's, there's, not, there's not a ton of gameplay changes, but they're all pretty fun to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say that this one's better than, or maybe the best one, or up to, I don't know. They're all pretty cool. So I'm down with that. I, I the, the the funny the the the, the most interesting thing. Here's my. I don't have a ton of interesting facts about this game, but the the most interesting thing I found is that. Um, at least for a little while until I started 
noticing how they distinguished the good guys versus the bad guys. Uh-huh. In most in most games you play like this kind of thing, the bad guys are always foreign. So if they're speaking in a foreign language, they're the bad guy, right? Yeah. But in this game, everybody's American. And so it's it's for the, for the first like little chunk of the game I had a really hard time figuring out who was good and who was bad and I was often either shooting <laughs> my guys or like running right up to the bad guys and then having them shoot me. Uh-huh. Uh and I thought that was really interesting and that was kind of a that was kind of a a, a different feeling than what I'm used to with when I'm when you know playing these games. So uh, I thought that was kind of fun to play something that was as an American being so much harder to distinguish what's what in the game. Yeah, because it, it took out your inherent distrust of those foreigners. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it did. It, it. I mean, <clears throat> not an inherent distrust, but it, like it did. It absolutely highlighted like a a tendency you know, in a, video games. A, a tendency in video games to like the bad guys are, you know, whatever the hot villain is right now. It's the other one that they put in the video games, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like. Um, <clears throat> so they weren't so, Russian. Yeah. Well, they, yeah, right. They're American, but I mean, it's uh, you know, they're not German. They're always German. Fucking Germans. Why are they always so schemy? Fucking Germans. Um, <laughs> uh, actually saw I, I actually saw a pretty funny little joke on somewhere about like, oh shit, it's about to, we're about to start World War Three, and then everybody goes Germany and. <laughs> But it, it's funny because, like, Germany, uh, of all the players right now and this just whatever's going on, you know, in, in our in our reality. Uh-huh. Germany's, like, Germany's the least active. Germany's not one of them. Yeah. Yeah, they're not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For once, Germany's not the one at the, <laughs> at the center of it. They're like, thank God. Yeah. That is funny. But, uh, no, I don't know. I, would, I Anyway, I mean, I don't have much to say on it other than it's fun to play. And if you like Far Cry, you'll like Far Cry 5. I think yeah. everybody's probably aware of that at this point. By the way, uh, if anyone ever wants to, to have a good giggle, uh, as we're speaking of Germany, Norm MacDonald once did a really, really good bit about Germany that uh, is still one of my favorite, one of my favorite little uh, stand-up bits of a long, in, in a long while. He talks about why you don't fuck with Germany. Oh, okay. It's good shit. Look it up on YouTube or some shit. I don't know. You can find it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Norm MacDonald, Germany. Come on. Uh, we also both saw I Love Dogs. Oh, Isle of Dogs. I love dogs. Oh, oh. I. Uh, uh, yeah, I know. I didn't realize that funny. until I was walking in the theater. I was like, "Huh, that's clever. That's clever. Um, very clever. Very clever." Wes Anderson, you little, you little clever guy, you well, like with he, your little, with with your charm and your antics and your frills and your 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 idiosyncratic way of of doing everything. Oh man, boy! Uh, did you like it? What'd you think? I thought it was okay. Um, I definitely didn't uh, enjoy it near as much as uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox, which was his previous um, stop motion movie from I don't know ten years ago or so. Um, I I'm not like a, a big Wes Anderson guy in general. His his sort of aesthetic and more I think more his fans tend to turn me off on watching his stuff. Because Wes Anderson mm. fans are the type of people who are like so fucking snooty about like their their you know cinematic knowledge and like I don't know they're like it's always like the most hipstery fucking superior people who who are big Wes Anderson fans and so that generally has turned me off on his stuff um, and so I'm in no way an expert on his his shit but 
I I found this pretty enjoyable. I thought there was some fun stuff there that uh, was really cool and some story elements that were great and things like that. Um, the kind of twist was a bit easy to spot early on. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. Like I, I was at, like as the movie was going on and they made no mention of it. I was like, wait, is no one is no one going to bring up this possibility? Like, there's not no one. Okay, got it. Cool. Um, but and so that that kind of was weird because I was like waiting for someone to casually mention it and slowly realizing that they were like dangling it there as a thing that was going to be a reveal. I was like, wait, that doesn't that doesn't track. Um, but you know, all in all, some of the characters I thought were really fun, and it's always nice to see stop motion uh, taken seriously on a big degree. I think that stop motion sometimes gets. Uh, underplayed and undervalued um and i think movie especially kubo was i think a movie in recent memory that used stop motion so fucking well um and illustrated why stop motion is such a different medium to work in than than any other filmmaking medium and why it can tell such different stories um kubo blew me away kubo was incredible kubo was i mean i think everyone i think it's pretty universally accepted that kubo is an amazing movie yeah, I don't. I don't think there's a lot of people that are like, yeah, it wasn't very good. I didn't like the animation. I think most people are pretty solid on that. But yeah, except I mean, some people like think the story was was a bit meh. But oh, um, uh, okay. Uh, anyway, you know what I? You know what I could see? I could see Saga being done in a Kubo style stop motion. That would be interesting. That would be, I think, be the ballsiest way to to do Saga. Like, not only are we going to take this this comic book that's already insanely laborious to try and. Uh, adapt, but also we're going to adapt it in one of the most like insanely laborious ways. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I can see it. I have friends who work in stop motion, and I am blown away by the shit that they do on a daily basis and how much time and patience it takes. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Uh. Yeah. So I I thought it was pretty good, and I thought the characters were more fun and interesting than the plot was. Um. But yeah. What What about you? Uh, yeah, about the same. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't. I was not taken aback at all. Yeah, and, it, and, it, and it, it's. I think part of it was that the hype is like the hype is real behind it. Like there's just it's crazy how everybody's fucking lavishing praise upon this. Thing. <laughs> it's Wes Anderson, man. Uh, anytime he anytime he takes a shit, people will be there to to speculate yeah, about it and look at the real meaning behind it and all the, the layers and why it's a, a perfect sort of cultural commentary for today. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, but no, I didn't think it was particularly great. Yeah. It was fine. It was fun. Um, the voice acting was all really good. Yes, absolutely. I think Brian Cranston especially fucking killing it, bringing his A game. Yes, yeah, so I thought, I, you know, I thought all that there. But I, I, I think I'm in the same camp where I'm just not really a Wes Anderson fan. Yeah. I don't really I don't really like, like quirky things he does. And the it just doesn't, yeah, it just didn't really do it for me. Yeah. I, I, I enjoyed, I think mostly I enjoyed the, the uh, using, uh, how they use language where, you know, the dogs were English and then everybody else was sort of, that everything was kind of all the human stuff was said through translators even you know what i mean so that was that was kind of clever and i thought that was kind of fun but yeah exactly it was it was fun and quirky it had uh you know it had those things going for it and i did i did definitely enjoy sort of the 
the the amount of ways that they obviously were sort of giving a wink and a nod in how they would uh translate things for you yeah exactly so it was it was fun yeah i'd give it a solid sure why not (laughs) (laughs) you got nothing else to do you got nothing else to do or if you're a wes anderson fan you're gonna fucking love it yeah if you're a wes anderson fan you you might as well bring some tissues yeah yeah because you'll be crying yeah that's what i mean you'll be crying i didn't i did not need any tissues for that movie not me neither no um yeah and i love dogs I love dogs too. Hey, you own a dog. Oh, I do. I'm a big fan of dogs, but it it didn't it didn't strike my uh my dog love like up did. Yeah, up really ups the ante on dog love. Yeah. That I, I love up. So In a plutonic way, people, get your heads out of the gun. Yeah. Assholes. This Come isn't on. this isn't dog fucking land. Whoa. <laughs> um yeah, dude, it's uh, it's good shit. I, I, no, it wasn't. It was all right. Shit, it was, it was all right. Um, uh, so I saw I saw Justin Timberlake the other night live, live in concert. Really, you saw JT, my boy JT. I, I saw, saw your boy JT. How'd that go? How was the show? Uh, it was pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's I, I haven't been to a stadium style like no holds barred concert in a long time yeah and uh it's a fucking spectacle it's not it's not like you now all the shows i go to are like s- smaller with just a band playing on stage like a normal person would do yeah but this is like this fucking complicated light show and it's a full-blown spectacle project- oh yeah like big th- think big big like uh you know they like drop drapes and project all these images on them from the uh from the ceiling and it was crazy it was crazy he seems like someone uh, who would have a huge crazy spectacular show oh uh, it absolutely was and it was uh really cool i thoroughly enjoyed it it was uh i'm not a huge i like i like jt i don't like his new album so much i don't think it's super great there's some there's some pretty solid tracks on it and some not so great stuff so yeah it doesn't it doesn't sound like regular jt which i think for some people is going to be great and some people is not going to be so great um it sounds like he was trying to mix like the nashville sound with like trap yeah it just doesn't i think you could pull it off but it just didn't work out so well and i I commend him for trying something different, and I think that that's really important, especially with these big pop stars, is to keep pushing. You you run the risk of being trapped as a pop star more than anyone else does. Yes, and uh, you gotta try something different. And so I absolutely give him, commend him, and give him credit for it. And I think there's, I really do. I think there's a couple tracks on that album that are really good. Uh, like I think uh, Montana, specifically, is easily the best track on that album. Okay, but yeah. But uh, anyway, no, it was fun. We got there early. We got we had general admission seats uh, floor. We were on the floor, and so we were like, I don't know, on stage like t- ten feet away from him. At at times, he ran all around the entire. He's like a giant walkway. He ran up and down. But that's amazing. So we were right there by the the band. We, we were like right next to the band. So that was super cool watching the the whole band play and. Yeah, it was awesome. It was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm I'm jealous as shit, man. That's uh yeah. that's a guy I want to see live for sure. 
Also, the most expensive concert I think I've ever been to. Really? How much were tickets? $180 for floor. I know. It's crazy. Man, that's more than... I was back like a while ago, uh, Linkin Park was touring with um, Incubus. Uh And I was was definitely trying to get to that show, but the tickets were like 120 bucks and in Colorado... um, and so I didn't end up doing it because, yeah, that 180 bucks—that is a steep price. I, it's you know, it's we were we were we it, we talked about it for a while because it was so expensive, and it came down to there's there's a we we always we're always you know when Jenna and I are hanging out listening to music, we're like, oh man, I wish I would have seen so and so or whatever, right? Yeah. And I think that this is JT is one of them that it's like. See him while he's hot because he's not going to always be hot. He's a pop star. He's gonna, he's gonna like he's gonna he's gonna dwindle for a couple of years yep. at some point here. <clears throat> yeah, and either not do anything or just do mediocre stuff, and then he's gonna have a resurgence when he's sixty because of the name, and you know he'll <laughs> have like a he'll have like a, a couple send off shows, but at that point he's old and he's not. He's not doing his sexy back dances anymore. Yeah, he's like Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. Exactly. So it'll it'll just it's just so. I think it was it, for us. It was definitely like, well, we w- let's take we'll we'll get we get one. We're, this is our one shot. Uh, one opportunity so to seize everything you ever wanted. I mean, one I think moment. the opportunity would have been seeing him on the 2020 tour. I think that would have been the better one. But yeah, because that that album is really good. But I love that album. Yeah, it's so good. Uh. So anyway, that's you know, I'm definitely not springing for big shows that much, but I think this is this is one that I'm glad we did. Yeah, and I'll tell you, man, I I love I love a band that that'll really like put on a show outside of just the music and stuff, but they'll they they get presentational with it. They they you know utilize their lights and and staging and and pyrotechnics and and all sorts of stuff to really kind of create an environment. Um, so they did so that and they which they did and I, I agree with you it's it's very rare that you see that and it's really cool that these guys that they did at the show but they did one thing that I'm not sure how I feel about and we've Jay and I have been talking about it for since we saw the show uh-huh. they had a they did they they started the show they did all the big songs they did a, they did a couple of the classic songs right they did the fucking he did he like and he had like wardrobe changes throughout right of so he he like they were all actually he never left stage to do them they just were kind of cleverly done on stage that's cool uh but anyways he's like walking down and he's like he like you know he takes off his leather jacket and he's like walking down and they like suit and tie him up and then they do suit and tie and all this stuff you know it's cool that's but sick. uh they, it was kind of an intermission they didn't really have an intermission but it was kind of a it was like the like the the like the little middle of the set where they uh, they had on one of the, not the main stage where the band was, but like at the other side, they had like a little circle on the floor, like an elevated pod- you know, platform, right? Okay. And they had, on it, they had put uh, like a bunch of logs in a circle around a uh, like a gas campfire because it's the Man of the Woods tour, right? So he's like going back to nature. Right? Oh, yeah. Right? So they have this like singing songs around the campfire type spectacle thing, right? Mm-hmm. So they so they've got they've got all these they've got all the backup singers were there and like a couple guys with acoustic instruments and they had the campfire with the little fire going and they're talking about how the importance of like telling stories around the campfire and they're each and all the backup singers each sang their own cover song and 
like kind of like a I, I don't know. But the whole time we we're watching this, and I, <laughs> we were both like, "Oh, is is this what cultural appropriation feels like?" Because, <laughs> like, you know, here's J, J, fucking Justin Timberlake, who like probably never went camping a day in his life as a child, mm-hmm. like, and he gets like he he, he like goes on like a. Uh, like a, a rest and relaxation trip to Montana, and he's like, "Oh, I'm part of nature now," and writes this like nature themed album. <laughs> and then he goes on, and he goes on his like multi million dollar tour to have a little campfire s- scene, right? <laughs> and I was just like, "You motherfucker, man!" Like that's, I don't know, because it's because that's you know that's what we that's what we grew up doing. It was just is actually doing that, uh, and so it was a little weird. I, I know it's not cultural appropriation. I'm joking. Yeah. You're using half joking. You're, yeah, you're using that as a, a comparison. I mean, he did he did grow up in 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 old old Tennessee. Yeah, but he was a fucking Mickey Mouse Club kid. Yeah, yeah. Like that kid didn't. He was a he was he was a city kid doing the pop star stuff from so young that. Yeah, once he was old enough for it to matter, he was already. Yeah. Yeah. So I just thought that was funny, and uh, I was a little like, "This is weird. This is way weird," but. Anyway, I still all in all super fun show. Absolutely, man. Very very enjoyable and uh glad we did it. I'll say the 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 shows that um that I've been to that were kind of like that in terms of just like, you know, vast awesome presentations um and really, you know, just like over the top uh attention to detail and and showmanship. Um one was Muse. They were goddamn incredible in concert. Uh, they had all sorts of crazy, crazy shit going with fucking screens everywhere and like projections and sort of creating this entire like environment and narrative around themselves. Um, mm-hmm. and then, uh, my chemical romance who mm. also does a lot of sort of show like they, you know, all of their albums are concept albums and they're big on storytelling in general with an album. But, uh, yeah, both of them, like their, their live shows were something else in terms of how much they put into the actual presentation and showmanship. Sure. That's cool. Yeah. It's good shit. I know you're not, I know you're not into like that, that like emo music or whatever, but no, it's, I'm not, it doesn't matter what the music is. We're talking about the spectacle and I get that. Yeah. Do you not like, yeah, do you not like Muse? I, no, I don't. Oh, damn. Uh, I, I, some of their early stuff I thought was okay, but I was, they were so, they're so, they're they're such a Radiohead ripoff band <laughs> that I that I had a hard time with it. I can um, I can see that. Oh, dude, their early stuff. Come on, it's fucking. It's it's like, oh, we really liked OK Computer, so here we go. <laughs> and they've they've evolved a little bit, and I've I mean I've listened to their newer stuff too, and I don't hate them. I they have some good they have some good tracks here and there, but for the most part, I'm not really a fan. Yeah, I hear you. Uh, I don't like my chemical romance, so that's not for me. I fucking I love my chem, dude. I'm sure you do. They're good, Straight and Gerard, Gerard Way is an amazing writer. Have you you've read Umbrella Academy, right? I started it and I couldn't get into it at all. Uh, I know I didn't like it. Damn son, we, we stand divided. I, we stand a river apart. I uh, I know I didn't like the art at all. Really, you don't like Ba and Moon? Mm-mm. I, I think it was just in that ba, book. In no. That book. Um, did you have you read Casanova? No. Okay, that's that's Matt Fraction's like super spy book and uh, the. Oh, that's right. No, I haven't read. The Twins illustrate that one, so I'd be curious to see if you enjoyed the art in there because I I think they're fucking 
masters of the craft. I think it was just Gabriel Ba that uh, did the art for Umbrella Academy, but okay. Um, no, I, yeah, I didn't like it. But anyway, I mean, it's I see why, and that's getting adapted too, right? Yeah, Netflix. Yeah, fucking everything. Um, I think I just didn't get into it because it was like the kids' school thing, and I just don't care about the kids' school thing. Damn, jeez, Matt, just coming down hard on the kids' school. X Men's the X Men is the only uh, the only time that you appreciate a kids' school. I like Deadly Class quite a bit. Yeah, there you go. That's a good one. But that's also like doesn't have the kids' school feel as much. Yeah, because the kids say fuck, and then and they murder people and they do drugs. Yeah. Oh, a lot of drugs. They're edgy kids. How far have you read through Did the Class? Their education. Um, just see what I did there. Uh, I've read the first three volumes, I believe. Two volumes, maybe. So you, so you read, you read through Vegas when they go to yeah, Vegas. Yeah, yeah, that was fucking crazy. Oh my god, that was one of the. I mean, I think that's what really sold it for me was that whole that fucking that whole Vegas thing is just yeah. nuts. And Wes Craig illustrated the shit out of those like tripping out drug yes, scenes. Yes, he did. I think he's one of the best artists uh, in comics right now. I, I, I'll agree, but I'll give it that. Yeah, Deadly Class, the shit. Make sure you read Deadly Class. Give it. Do yourself yeah, a favor. Do yourself a favor, exactly. Well, shit, man. Uh, I think that uh, I'm. I'm I'm pretty tapped. We're we're getting close to time here, so I, I think it's about time to wrap it up. Unless you got anything else you want to talk about? I don't. Well, fucking yeah. I'm, ex- I'm excited for God of War to come out here next week. God of War. Oh, new game. Or I guess it'll be this will this will be released on Tuesday. So I guess it's today released today. Oh shit. Um, word on the street, man. That's everybody's saying it's the best PlayStation Four game ever. Really. Yeah. Damn, so you, yeah, they really are. You're going to be going into a Josh-style rabbit hole on that game when it comes out? Probably. I mean, like, Microsoft sent him a letter congratulating him on the everything about that game. Huh. Yeah, they were like, wow, you guys fucking did it. You did it. You did it. We're done making Xboxes now. We're going to stop. <laughs> we're going to stop this because we can't compete. It's the last video game ever made. <laughs> um, Once you've climbed no, Everest. No, but it is. It's it's the word on the street is it's it's pretty hot. Yeah, that's that's so, pretty dope. Um, excited for that. Uh, oh, for the listeners, make sure uh, we have in the show notes, you can see our listener survey. Um, make sure you go check that. I think we've posted it on our Facebook as well as we've definitely posted it on our Twitter. Um, and I'll post it again here the day this episode's released on the Twitter and the Facebook. Um, but the listener survey is just there to to help us know how to improve the show. Lately, obviously, we've been really inconsistent with who's on the show and what day we're releasing the show and what we're even talking about on the show. And we keep promising Sandman 13. Uh, and that'll, that'll happen the next time that all three of us are on an episode, which hopefully is next week. Um, I think that'll be next week. We got to get better at this. Uh, someday. Um, but yeah, make sure uh, make sure you take that listener survey. Let us know. Uh, what you what you like, what you don't like, all that stuff, so we can kind of get a gauge for what our audience is uh what our audience is feeling. Um also make sure you yeah, go we're, ahead. We're out of I'm out of touch, so I don't know what you're feeling. <laughs> oh, I'm 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 just out of I'm out of luck. What's the what song is that? Out of touch, out of luck, something about something? I don't know. I don't know. Um you can find our Twitter at Savage Line Pod, Facebook and Instagram, Savage Line Podcast. Make sure you leave those ratings and reviews on uh, Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or wherever you're hearing us. I hope that the people who are having trouble with Stitcher uh, finally have had that sorted out. It took a lot of emails with Stitcher support and a lot of 
bullshit, and now I think there's a ghost second feed of our podcast just for funsies, I guess. Um, so, yeah, hopefully hopefully all the Stitcher listeners are back on board. Um, and we always appreciate those ratings and reviews and comments. We will shout you out if you leave us uh, any reviews. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Leave us a fucking voicemail about some movies you saw or whatever. 413-SAVAGE-4 is the number. Um, hey, I got a, I got a, I got a, I got a one final thing for you please. to close it out here. Uh, have you watched the solo trailers? I've watched a couple of them. I th- there's only been like two. Yes. So I think I have. I know there's like a TV spot that came out that was like Han and Chewie meeting, but I haven't seen that. Oh, I haven't. I don't want to see that. Yeah, I don't want to see it either. Um, but yes, I've. But I, but I saw the. I saw like the main big trailer. Yeah. What do you think? I. I'm feeling very cautious. Uh-huh. I don't I, my head tells me it's not going to be good. Um my heart wants it to be very good and I know regardless uh-huh. I'll probably enjoy Donald Glover as Lando. Um but out literally outside of that one element I have no idea uh what I'm going to think of this movie. Mm. How about you? I I kind of, I I kind of got excited. You're 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 getting there, a little bit because I was watching the trailer and the trailer's got like almost western guitars to it. Yeah, that's true. And not sort of Star Wars stuff. And then I'm like kind of like watching the trailer more, and it's like it feels like a western heist. It's like there's a fucking runaway train that they have to fight on, and then like all the like western characters and. I don't know, man. I I I I think it might be pretty cool. Well, and I'll tell you, I I like the idea of them doing that. And if they're if they're able to a not only you know attempt that, but but if they're actually able to succeed in making a really cool heist movie set in the Star Wars universe, then I'll be totally on board. Um, I, but like, I, but they're really digging into the western space western on it, and I and I'm stoked on that too. Yeah, I would love for that to be, you know the a, a genre that sort of makes a return you know I'd, I'd love to see more space westerns and um like honestly just doing with with science fiction doing any other type of genre other than typical science fiction star wars imitations yep <laughs> um yeah I, I i like that aspect of it i just i'm i'm still hesitant as to whether i'm feeling like they're going to succeed in doing that mm. i mean you're right but just I was just curious what you're. Yeah, no, I'm and I'm glad you're excited, uh, because that 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 makes me uh, more probably likely to feel excited by the time I'm walking into the theater. Yeah, I, you know what? Here's the thing, man. I I just get excited about Star Wars. Yeah, so. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> no, I I'll see anything that they put out in the Star Wars universe. You know, I mean, they could have done seven more prequels, and I still probably would have seen all of them. Mm. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. You'd be grudging. What do you think about what do you think about uh what the fuck, whatever that kid's name is? Alden Ehrenreich. Yeah. I think he's okay. I really enjoyed him in in Hail Caesar. Uh but in Hail Caesar he plays a bad actor. And so it's hard oh. to tell how much is is good acting portraying bad acting or how much is bad acting being very transparent as bad acting. Oh. You know? Um and so I, I I I think he's all right. I mean, I think he you know looks the part and stuff like that. I still th- kind of think that Liam Hemsworth would have made a really good Han Solo. Uh, mm-hmm. 
but I'm down with it. You know, I'm I'm definitely down to to see how it goes. But I I think I think yeah. no, there will never in the Star Wars universe be better casting than Don, Donald Glover as young Lando. I uh, agreed. I'm really like that's that's 100 percent the number one thing I'm excited for in that movie is to see him just fucking just just class and schmooze it up as uh, as little Lando. Yeah. So. But yeah. Okay. Yeah. Just just curious. I I I'm looking forward to. Let it. us know what you think of Solo. Uh, tweet at us at Savage Land Pod. Let us know your thoughts on Solo. Are you optimistic? What looks good? What looks bad? Are you down for the space western, or do you want them to stick to more traditional Star Wars? Do you want to know where is where is Vest came from? Where is Jodpers came from? Where is Gun Holster came from? How we got those dice? What do you want to know? I don't know, but you probably find out in Solo, a Star Wars story. That's the other thing I really don't want to see. I don't want to see them explain every single like fucking detail of of where everything came from. Yeah, they better not dig too deep into the yeah. that, into that. I'm with you. Hey, try these boots, kid. They'd probably look okay <laughs> on you. All right. Yeah, I like that oh, look. Or see, yeah, that dumb shit. Yeah, I'm with Woody you. Harrelson. Throws him some some sabak dice to hang on his mirror. You, you, you know, got I, it, kid. I do like Willie Harrelson quite a bit, so I do too. that'll be fun. Yeah, he's a good guy. He's a, Well, I don't know if he's a good guy. I don't know anything about him personally, but I, he's a good actor. We're on the street, though. Is He is a good guy. Well, there you go. That's good. Anyway, enough about Woody Harrelson. Yep. I think that does it for this week. Uh, we thank you for listening so much and hope you've enjoyed your time in the Savage Land. be cool.com you never know